chapter 15, verse 13. Here's the word of God. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. So you've probably heard the saying before, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, right? You heard that saying before? Maybe cornhole too. But in our lives, we like, and sometimes we accept close. Oh, that's close enough. You know, I remember the first time I ever played golf, and I knew that the goal was to get the ball from the tee way out there into the hole. Took me forever to get there the first time I played. But anyway, I got the ball real close to the hole, like that far on a putt after, I don't know, it was probably my 10th putt or 10th uh, time hitting the ball. Yeah, probably the 10th putt. But anyway, someone says, oh, that's close enough. Like, oh, you mean I get to pick up the ball? I don't have to hit it in and possibly hit it three more times before it gets in? Why do we accept close enough? You know why we accept close enough? It makes us feel better. Because we know we're not perfect. And when we know we're not perfect, though we strive to be perfect in everything, when we say close enough, it's kind of a release. Ah, okay. I don't have to fight for this anymore. This is close enough. But when it comes to God, he doesn't accept close enough, does he? No. God wants perfection. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, this is what, he's, what Paul says about what God wants. It's, it's, a, it's a terrifying list if you don't know who God is. If you don't understand God, it can be absolutely terrifying. Uh, and now I can't find it. I should have had it marked. Um, I cannot find it. There it is, verse 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor those who habitually drink, nor verbal abusers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. In other places, he says liars will not inherit the kingdom of God. Have you ever lied? You ever been jealous? Those things keep you out of the kingdom of God because God wants perfection. He wants perfection. So what are we to do? I know some of you are scared right now. Don't be. Don't be. Because also in here, that same guy who wrote that letter, and that is absolutely true. These people do not inherit the kingdom of God. Had a guy come to me today, he says, hey, I just read in 1 Corinthians, it says that these type of people, and he was one of them, he was doing one of these things, I'm not going to say what, he said, does that mean I'm not going to heaven? I said, who are you? He said, well, what do you mean? He told me his name. I said, no, who are you? Well, I don't know what you mean. I said, are you one of those things? Are you a Christian? He goes, I'm a Christian, but I do this, and I don't know how to stop. I said, 
don't, no, don't add anything to it. I said, are you a Christian? He said, yes. I said, then you're going to heaven. You are not that. You are not. The minute you become a Christian, you are not a liar. You are not a thief. You are not an idolater. You're not an adulterer. You're not sexually immoral. You're not a homosexual. You're not any of these things. You're a Christian. You're a child of God. You're going to heaven. Because God forgives all sins. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But what about? Name your sin. Sure. And now I want to turn to John chapter 8. Well, I'm not going to turn. I'm going to tell you. The Pharisees bring to Jesus a woman caught in adultery. They're ready to stone her. Because when you get caught in adultery in the Old Testament, you were stoned to death. But Jesus says to them, these are religious leaders. They knew the Old Testament better than anyone. Any of you who is without sin, you can be the one to throw the first stone. And guess who threw the first stone? No one. Because there wasn't a person there that wasn't without sin. What's the point? Jesus was saying, I don't condemn this woman. Caught. It's one thing to do it, it's another thing to get caught, right? Is it worse if you get caught? You still did it. You still did it. God knows. But they caught her. So that made it worse in their eyes. And Jesus said, no, I am not condemning this woman. Because he knew he was going to die for her. He was going to die for her. So the topic today is peace with God. Do you know what peace is? Like P-E-A-C-E, not the P-I-E-C-E. Peace, absence of trouble, absence of strife, absence of war. It is solitude. It is a great feeling. When we have peace with one another, it's a wonderful thing, right? We have, when we have peace in our families, we're not fighting with our brothers or sisters or our parents or our aunts and uncles. Or when we have peace among friends, we're not fighting with one another. We enjoy each other. We have peace in this congregation. And we've had peace in this congregation for a very long time. It's a wonderful thing. Now, the question is, do you have peace with God? Does anybody want to say they don't have peace with God? And it's okay. You don't have to raise your hand. But I know there's probably some people here saying, I don't know if I have peace with God. And others are saying, I think I have peace with God. And then there's probably a few saying, yeah, I do have peace with God. Well, let me tell you, how many did you say were here, Dan? 72? 72 people in here today. 72 people hearing my voice right now, you have peace with God if you have accepted Christ as your Savior. If you haven't accepted Christ, talk to me afterwards. We'll get you that peace. We will get you that peace. Because here's how this works. It is so incredibly simple to have peace with God. I'm going to turn this into a 20-minute sermon. I could have walked up here and said in just five seconds, you want peace with God? Believe. That's it. Let's sing. I could have done that. that could, that's the whole sermon. That's the whole thing right there. And just, You want peace with God? Believe. 
It's that simple. It really is that simple. But I don't feel like I have peace. Okay. I understand that. Trust me, I understand that probably just as much as, if not more than some of you. Because there were times when I didn't feel like I had peace with God, and I believe since I was 12 years old. So 41 years. But I didn't always believe I had peace with God. But we do. Because, as I said last week, we are not appointed to wrath when we believe. And this peace that we have, it comes not from ourselves, it comes from God. That's why we feel like we don't have peace, because we are trying to make the peace. We're trying to assume what peace is. But God has said, you have peace with me. As far as God's concerned, you believe in his son that he died for you? If I continue reading in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God sent his son, Jesus, to die for us as a sacrifice for us. That's what gives us the peace. As far as God is concerned, we all have peace with God if we believe. Why don't we feel it then? Because let's look at what causes us to not have peace. We know in our minds that we've done something wrong. If I do something wrong to my brother, and believe me, I know how to pull his strings. (laughs) I can do it. But if I do that, I won't feel right in my relationship with him because I made him mad. I just got to mention one man's name and he'll go off the handle. I'm not going to say what it is, but he will. Anyway, if I do that, then I feel like uh, something's not right there. And I feel like I got to work at, I got to say, hey, Adam, I'm sorry. Not you, Adam, my brother, Adam. I got, I'm sorry about what I said. I feel like I have to earn my way back into his good favor. Okay? We're not talking about a relationship like this between one another. I'm talking about this relationship between you and the Father. When you said... I believe, God, and I repent, and I, I want to be a part of your kingdom. God, I want what I'm hearing. I want peace with you. When you say those things, it's done. You got it. You don't work at it. You don't grovel. You don't mince words. You just, it's done. It's that simple. But we often treat God like we treat one another, and we can't do that. With God, he is all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing, always present, and he makes the rules. And his rule is, believe in my son, and you have peace with me, because that's the only way you're ever going to have it, is by believing in my son. He made it possible that we don't have to work out our salvation. But doesn't the Bible say, work out your salvation with trembling and fear? Yes, Peter said that. What he meant was, no, in your mind, work it out in your mind that you could be killed by the Lord. You could be destroyed. You could be sent to hell. All these things because you don't know him. So when you know him, you have peace with him. So we, as we walk through this life and we make mistakes, we must remember that God is not looking for a way to destroy us. 
The enemy is looking for a way to destroy us, and they know they can't. So you know what they do? Hey, Phil, your brother hates you. And I say, oh, man, my brother hates me. I got to work that out. And next thing you know, hey, Phil, God hates you. Oh, well, you know, I did do this the other day. Sorry, God, I'm going to go walk away and hide. No, God does not hate you. He doesn't hate anybody who believes in his son. He treats us as one of his own. He adopts us into his family. And when he adopts us into his family, he doesn't get rid of us. Who among you would get rid of one of your own children? Who among you would get rid of your parents? Or one of your pets? Or your friends? For one little thing that we all make mistakes. is not going to get rid of you because he knows you're going to make mistakes. He knows you because he created you. So he wants you to know that we have peace with him. And that's what Paul was talking about when we read this morning in Romans chapter 15. He wants us to have joy because we have peace. He wants us to know love because we have peace. Now, actually, peace comes from love, but that's for another sermon. But he wants us to know these things because we have peace with God. And when you accept that, now listen carefully here, when you accept that, because I know there are still some that are not accepting it, when you can accept that you have peace with God, your life will change. You will see God in a different light. You will see yourself in a different light. You will start to have joy. You will start to be able to have patience. You will start to have self-control. All these things because you're no longer striving to make God happy, which you cannot do. But when you stop striving for that and you start realizing, I have peace with God, you get freedom. Incredible freedom like you've never had before. Because let's face it, who doesn't want peace with God, right? Is there anybody in here who will say, I don't want peace with God? We all want it. And guess what? We have it. So let's accept it. Let's believe it. And watch what God will do now. Because he's waiting for that day for you to say, God, I get it. I have peace with you. And that's the day he says, come here. I got some more things to show you now that you understand that. It's an amazing life we can have. Worries just sort of, sort of melt away. Concerns, yeah, they're going to be there every day. We're going to worry about things. We shouldn't worry, but we're going to. Let's face it, we do. But you know what? I got peace with God. So now I got a friend I can talk to about it, and I know he can help me handle it. They won't just always go away. Sometimes he will walk you through them. But isn't it great to walk through these problems knowing that God is at peace with us? Because when you're trying to walk through a problem and the last thing you want to do is talk to God because you made him mad two days ago, that makes that problem all the more difficult. When you know and you accept and you believe every day, okay, God, two days ago, I'm sorry. Now here's the new problem. 
talk to me and listen. We've, I've done sermons on hearing God's voice. There's a video on YouTube, a three-hour video about hearing God's voice that I, was, I taught three weeks ago. If you want to know where that is, I can help you find it. Search Google for hearing God's voice. There's all kinds of great teachers out there. When we hear God's voice, it gets us through those difficult times. And we hear God's voice because we have peace with God, because we believe in the Son. And if you haven't seen it yet, God's giving it all to us. I didn't say anything today that we had to do to get that peace with God other than believe. And as I said before, if you either drove or rode in a car here, or if you've ever driven or ridden in a car before, if you don't know how that engine makes those pistons go up and down, but you just believe that it works, you already know what faith is. You know how to believe. Believe the same thing about God's Son. You don't have to know how His sacrifice changed our bodies from within. You don't have to know how a man could die, be buried for three days and three nights and raise again. You don't have to know the science behind it. But if you believe it, that's what saves you. That's what brings you the peace. And that's what changes your life. Have peace with God because he has given it to us freely. And it will change your life. And I could go on. I know there's things that happen to us and we wonder, why'd God do that to me? You have peace with him. You can ask him. He will tell you. I can't go through the whole list of everybody's problems today. We don't have time, but you individually can talk to God because you have peace with him. You individually can hear from God because you have peace with him. You can walk with him because you have peace with him. You can receive his healing because you have peace with him. You can receive his calling in your life because you have peace with him. It's a wonderful thing. Get in a, a piece of the action. Okay, that was bad. <laughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for giving us peace, for giving us the understanding of who you are, giving us your love, making a way for us to know that there's a way out. Thank you, Lord. This peace that truly does pass understanding and guides our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you for this amazing gift. We thank you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'll close our service today with hymn number.